Hello, and welcome to Bubbly Bibbly, the podcast about books and bubbles, literature and libations, authors and alcohol. We love books and bubbly. We are friends who offer a curated book review section on our website and a hilarious podcast. We discuss books, drinks, and stories from our lives. I'm Rachel. And I am Carmen. It is, you know, I don't really think it's Banned Books Month. It has a, October has Banned Books Week, Mm -hmm. but I like to elongate that and call it Banned Books Month because I get so worked up about people trying to stop me or you or anyone else from reading. And with all the book tattoos that I have on my body, <laughs> anyone can see that reading is my essence. So it it's just, it's what I love to spend time on. I know, but you, I have to tell you, if there is one good thing to get on your high horse about, it's censorship, right? Removing something from anyone's access because you don't agree with it is totally against what you know, this country is all about. Yes, it comes from fear, I think, plain and simple. Something is different. You don't completely understand or agree with it, and you want to get rid of it. And come on, people, that's just not the way things work. One of the problems is that people who are against having diverse reading material are many times the louder ones than those who want to protect the right to read. Yes, I think it's the same way with what they are calling woke. Um, It's no longer acceptable, people, to teach that Thanksgiving was a happy feast between Indians and pilgrims. And it's not okay to just portray the gone with the wind version of slavery instead of the roots version. No one wants that. And I have to to plug in too. I found out this week that the Alabama governor, Kay Ivey, is threatening to take away federal funding from the Alabama public library system unless they agree to certain conditions. And I really encourage all of you to to do a little research in that. And if you feel strongly about it, to let Governor Ivey's office know, because I guarantee you the people who want to add more government in in our lives are letting themselves be heard. So please do a little research on this because this is just the last thing we need. Well, and as long as we're refusing to portray the real dark times of our past, um, we're more likely to repeat them. And that's not Rachel saying that. That's the philosopher George uh, Santayana saying, um, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. And Mm -hmm. it has to be repeated and paraphrased many times. But let's not let it become a cliche because it really is all too true. If you don't know Um, what happened and where we've come from, you're just going to end up in that same position again. Mm -hmm. And that, again, is a perfect introduction to what I wanted to do with this episode today. I want to look at one particular challenged book, 
why it is challenged, and why it is vital for this book to be taught in our schools. In this episode, Carmen and I are going to talk about the graphic novel by Art Spiegelman called Mouse. Okay, I'm drinking something called a bloody beer. It's from Bon Appetit. Bon Appetit. Uh, You mix tomato (laughs) juice, fresh lime, of course, a dash of of hot sauce, Worcestershire sauce, and one can of light lager. You garnish it with a lime wedge and you rim your glass with salt and red pepper flakes. It's delicious really is good if you Mm. like spicy so tomato juice lime hot sauce worcestershire and beer yeah it's kind of a cheap marker uh a bloody mary but it's bloody beer (laughs) oh okay well it sounds intriguing to me i may have to try it um i am drinking a 19 crimes cabernet sauvignon i thought it was appropriate for this episode because in 1788 the british empire decided to turn what is now australia into an entire penal colony an entire continent a prison and it was going to be an agriculture work camp for british convicts um but there there was a list of 19 crimes that would get you shipped to the penal colony. And a fun fact about 19 Crimes Wine, if you download the 19 Crimes app and hover your phone's picture mode over the label, the label will become animated and talk to you and tell you what that person's particular story is. Isn't that fun? It is so fun. You can just walk around the the grocery store with your phone. Yes. (laughs) So I just finished Starter Villain by John Scalzi. And I listened to it on Audible. It's really interesting. And it's narrated by none other than Will Wheaton. Another another book he's narrated. Uh, The book summary is just this because it's hard to put into words without giving it away too much so here's the summary inheriting your uncle's super villain business is more complicated than you might think particularly when you discover who's running the place that sounds good oh it's so good it's so fun it's does it have is a that, little comedic element to it? Oh, lots. It's very cute. Oh, I'm definitely going to read this one. Um, I listened to the third installment of Martha Wells' Murderbot Diaries. I am really, really digging this series. And I think you, I love, you I, introduced yes. me to it. Yeah. It's really good, isn't it? This I love one, Murderbot. <laughs> this one was called Rogue Protocol, and it was as good as the other two. I've listened to them all as opposed to reading them. And I really, really like the person who reads it, performs it. His name is Kevin R. Free, F-R-E-E. And I would probably listen to anything he narrated. I'll tell you what, a good narrator can make or break the book. It's amazing what voice actors can do when they're reading a book. Yes,
we have talked about mouse before and but we've never dedicated an entire episode to one title so this one is for the record books and i'm glad this is the first one because this is a good one this is um it's it seems to me it's more and more alarming that these titles all these titles are being challenged and the frequency that it's happening in school libraries and the reason behind the challenge, you know? Yeah. And this one is particularly poignant on so many levels. So first let's give a little background. Mouse is written and illustrated by a cartoonist and it was originally serialized between 1980 and 1991. That is 11 years. That's a long time. The story is the author, Art Spiegelman, interviewing his father about his father's time as a Polish Jew in a concentration camp during World War II. Goodness. And, you know, there are a lot of themes here, but the three main themes are, one, the Holocaust, the post-traumatic stress um, because of experiences, and the complicated relationship of art and his father, a lot of the relationship issue between his father, between this father and son actually stem, it stems from his dad's experiences during the war and how he chooses to handle it afterwards. It's, it's kind of, it's a heavy story, but we need to talk about, you know, talk a little about why it's so important. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's a graphic novel does not mean that it is targeted at elementary aged kids any more than anime pornography is. It is simply the medium that Art Spiegelman was most comfortable with. And this is really his effort at understanding his father, his childhood, his father's memories and how he chose to process them and the fact that history really impacts families in ways that we can't know until years and years have gone by. Right. And this book doesn't sugarcoat it or gloss over anything in the story. Uh, Parents just have to understand that there's no way to teach about the Holocaust and its effects that is not full of death, horror, and atrocities. I mean, that's all it is. And like you said, it's not for elementary age students. And I, what's interesting though, is that there, the teaching plans for this, there, there's a ton, there's so much for this book. And the, the vast majority of the teaching plans are aimed to the eighth, eighth to the 10th grade level. Mm hmm. Uh, and I have to tell you, I I really kind of struggled with writing this episode because we're very often playful and satirical and kind of lighthearted on Bubbly Bibbly. But this is this is not a great environment or mindset to be in when prepping material for a topic like this. Right. And I know that you put it off for a few weeks because you're you know, we didn't record this because you just weren't finished with it. But mm-hmm. I didn't want to ask what was going on. Well, there, there's a lot here. And I wasn't sure how to break it down. So I, I think that we're going to talk in our next two parts about these overarching subjects. Number one, why we can't 
sugarcoat this, why we need to teach it, and how some school districts are breaking it down for their own lesson plans. One, two, three. All right. So I'm going to take your lead on this one, but I might need to go get another bloody beer to, to finish this up. So, but let's keep going. The first thing you mentioned, and I mentioned it too, is that we cannot sugarcoat this. And do you mean the Holocaust in particular? Well, that that's really the beauty of this graphic novel. It is an autobiography and memoir that happens to center on one of the most horrifying and dark periods in modern history. And that in itself is what I would consider deeply fertile soil for teaching. Okay, so what do you mean that it's both autobiography and memoir? I know that we recently did a show on that genre, and it seems to me that it should be one or the other. Yes, 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 you're right. And that is one thing that makes Mouse unique. Art Spiegelman is writing an autobiography of himself and interviews he has with his father about his time in the concentration camps. Now, his father very rarely discussed this time period in his life, and it had a very definite impact on this father-son relationship that really was not altogether positive. So Spiegel needed to have certain questions, Spiegelman needed to have certain questions answered in, in order for his own mental health. Okay, I see. So his conversations with his father are factual, but his father's stories and recollect, recollections are memoirs. Mm-hmm. And that makes perfect sense because memories of the dad in telling his side, you know, these are memories that his dad are telling on his side. And they may or may not be true. And you really can't fact check it because... So much time has passed, and he's telling only what he is able to process, plus only what he wants his son to know. That is exactly right. So, and that's gotcha. colored. That's colored with a lot of right, uh, right. of things. So, an English teacher uh, could take this juxtaposition and create an entire syllabus out of it. Uh, however, in McMinn County, a school district in Tennessee, the school board member, Tony Alman said it shows people hanging. It, it shows them killing kids. Why does this educational system promote this kind of stuff? <laughs> I just don't know what to say when I read something like that. Yes, of course, we want to protect our children. We want to keep them safe. But we and we want to keep them innocent as long as possible. But that doesn't mean you should keep them in the dark when it comes to this part of history. Mm -hmm. Um, People have done pretty horrid things and we need to keep it real and honest about it. Um, Why? Because it was horrific. It was brutal. It was a chilling, evil time. And the only way to make sure we remember those who we've lost and those who fought this war and who perpetrated the atrocities um, is to remember all of it and, and everything that happened and tell it all. Yes, yes. There's no way to 
to tell about the Holocaust without talking about rape and starvation and suicide and people being treated like animals. This this happened in Europe, you know, you may say. We're civilized in the United States, starting the country when Columbus founded it. Well, that's not exactly the way it happened. First, we had to slaughter the Native Americans over and over again. Andrew Jackson defied an order from the Supreme Court to enact what we now know is the Trail of Tears. And what did we do? We put him on the freaking $20 bill. So, you know, let's let's put slavery aside and just talk about the Jim Crow era. That demands that we talk about people hanging, children being beaten to death, dogs being ordered to attack human beings simply because they're going through the wrong door or sitting at the wrong lunch counter. There is no way to sugarcoat this. And it reminds me of Emmett Till's mom. And Emmett Till was a young black boy who was accused uh, by a white woman of being untoward to her. And he was brutally, brutally killed. And Emmett Till's mother understood that you don't need to sugarcoat. She wanted his casket to be opened because she needed people to see the truth. And that's... A wonderful analogy. We we have to look this history, our history, in the face. We have to see the blood, the nakedness, emaciated bodies. We have to see the animal-like abuse. Uh, we have to know that some people survived the camps only to kill themselves later because they couldn't live with what they had been through. Uh, you know, they couldn't have been the only one in their family to survive. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was killed but them. They mm-hmm. couldn't live with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have to see what happened to all these people and how it affected them. And you can't do that with sunshine and rainbows and unicorns, right. you know. Well, let's come back and talk about some of the benefits of teaching mouse in high school. Okay, so I am excited and was very thrilled to find that there there are loads of curricula on teaching mouse, and they are very diverse. And if you're a teacher out there that's thinking about using mouse, I think your students are, one, going to love the detailed drawings that illustrate every scene. The novel um, itself is a compelling story. And, but also, you got to understand that some of the kids are going to maybe struggle with reading a graphic novel for their first time, especially in this, in an academic setting. And, um, it contains some serious content, but the, some of the curricula that I looked at, it takes the novel, um, in order of the graph, in order of the story. So there's an introduction to the characters. There's this over overall theme of the Holocaust and then they take the lessons chapter by chapter. And I think, to me, that's the simplest. That's breaking it down into simple ways to teach it. 
Yeah, I can definitely see that. Also, it allows the students to consume a little of the book at a time. So if they don't want to read the whole thing at once, they can bite it off in pieces. You know, like my my grandmother used to say, uh, how do you eat an elephant sandwich? One bite at a time. Love that. Uh, I like it, too, because it seems like this will all be happening in one classroom with one teacher, and that brings a lot of continuity to it. Plus, I think the teacher, like, you're not going to teach this, like, right at the beginning of the school year, I think, you know. And so if you do it sort of midway, the teacher's going to know the students and know what and kind of adapt to what her overall classroom feels like. Mm -hmm. But listen to this. I ran across one curriculum that runs three tracks at once, and I loved this. Social studies tackles the historical aspect. English tackles the the way it was written, the autobiography and memoir that we talked about earlier. And sociology explores the effects that trauma has, not only on the person who experiences it, but the historical effect on generations to come. Oh, I love this. This is like a total immersive experience. Mm-hmm. Um I just love the whole thought of that. Social studies could cover the actual events, the timelines, the, the players. English uh, could talk about how there was nothing like this published before. And, you know, it was an up-and-coming medium and graphic novels and, you know, portraying the graphic format and, like, drawing. Like, are you color? Is it black and white? I mean, there's so much to talk about that. And the sociology could cover feelings and about how, Humans are treating other humans in an inhumane way. Uh, And also talk about issues the students may be having and relating in their own lives to what they're seeing, you know, with their own father-son relationships and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. what, what roles the fathers play. I mean, there's just so much that they could do. I just love that. Yes, it is. It's very much a cohesive effort. And I think one that would make an impact on the students. And I also love it's it's like thinking out of the box. And uh-huh. it would be very possible to draw future parallels to incorporating this in talking about Native American history and Black American history. Oh, yes. I love that. Teaching mouse as part of the curriculum could prove to be like this springboard to many other historical lessons. I mean, that you could be companioned reading in English with A Raisin in the Sun or Heartbreak on Corner of Bitter and Sweet. Uh, you can have companion historical events like the attack on Pearl Harbor or Why Did It Take So Long for the U.S. to Get Into the War or Introduction to Operation Paperclip and its long-term effects in the United States today. So, I mean, there's just so much you can tag tag team it with so basically uh in half an hour you and i have come up with basically uh the fact that there are a million great reasons to teach this book and no credible reasons not to teach it i completely 100 percent agree yay
And the sound of our cheering fans means it's time for listener comments. Gay posted the titles of her books she read for September and even said that she was in a reading slump. Gay, that was a lot of books for a reading slump. Thanks for posting that. We love it to see all your titles. It- If I could have smacked her over Facebook, I would have when she said (laughs) that. There are people joining our Facebook group every month, for which we are very, very grateful. Be sure to post regularly so we can get to know you. Let us know if you've read the graphic novel, Mouse, and what you think of it being taught in the public school system. And I'd like to know if you've ever made a book available because it was challenged. I'm seeing more and more challenged titles being given away so we can lift the veil of ignorance. It makes me want to buy a box of these graphic novels and just start giving them away. I love that idea. Be sure to check us out on all our social media and keep connecting with us. We love it. If you haven't joined our private Facebook group, search on Bubbly Bibbly in the group section and ask to join. And remember, Art Spiegelman wrote in Mouse, No, darling, to die, it's easy, but you have to struggle for life. <laughs>